Hi, I'm David Kaplan, and you're listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Enjoy the show. Red Hot Cubs are back on CSN. They won four in a row and are back atop the NL Central tonight. They look to make it five for five on the homestand. Jake Arietta's to the bump. Leonard J.D. at the call, 7 o'clock on CSN. As always, games available on CSNChicago.com and the NBC Sports Live app. Meeting of the Bulls' minds has occurred. Jimmy Butler sits down with Garpax, and they reportedly tell Jimmy he will not be dealt unless they are blown away with an offer. Is that a mistake? And the Warriors are two wins away from sweeping through the NBA playoffs. Could they actually be better than Michael Jordan's 72 win, 95-96 Bulls? Meatballs assemble! Welcome in to Sports Talk Live, brought to you by the Chevy Silverado. I'm David Kaplan. Panel for today's show, NHL.com's Brian Hedger, Teddy Greenstein, Chicago Tribune, Adam Johns from the Chicago Sun-Times. All right, let's get started. Cubs win again. That is four straight. They beat the mighty Marlins yesterday on two long balls, Chris Bryant and Albert Almora. Are the Cubs getting their mojo back, Teddy, or is this... That's eh, an okay Marlin team. The Cardinals aren't great. Don't read too much into it. I can't believe this coincides with your return. I, I mean, I assume you're taking full credit for this little mini Yeah, you saw Luke put me in a toga. Yeah. And since we've been tweeting picture of me in the toga, 4-0, baby. Oh, insufferable. Um, you know, I think this is a case where there was and is legitimate concern about the starting pitching, and you obviously want to see some of the bats wake up. But, uh, you know, let's ride it out. Let's see where it is a month from now, and I think people can pretty much jump. What's the tally on the Toga retweet right now for you to actually appear? It's approaching 1,000. You need 20,000? Uh, 10. To do what? 10,000 to do the pre and post one day in a Toga. Love to see that. That's must-watch television. The, can, I, can, I do reverse, <laughs> can I do reverse click? Yeah. Does Twitter have a well, What's the deadline on that? Uh, I don't think there is a There's deadline. There's no deadline? <laughs> so it can just keep going until you get to 10,000? Until it gets close, and then I'll impose it. I have, to, I have to get on that. Those things get have my legs. One in there, All it takes is the one, one national For writer. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, getting Better back get to the, the Cubs, uh, I want to see it translate to the road. They, they haven't yep. been that great on the road yet. They've been really good at home. There's the toga right there. There we go. <laughs> you're, not, you're not that tall. You're not, you're not taller than the Parthenon. <laughs> I think they need to change that. <laughs> wow. I don't even... I had a good cogent thought there, and then completely gone. I just want to see Jake Arrieta continue to yeah. string together good starts. You know, Eddie Butler had a good start yesterday. The last time he started, he was awful. So, which guy is he? And the Arietta thing is interesting because uh, he hasn't been quite the same really since I feel like the middle of last summer or spring. But he was good in the World Series. Yeah, but not the dominant guy we saw for that long stretch. So is he, you know, is he more of a number two, number three? Um, and is he thinking about his next deal? Kev, help me with this. I've been lost in Mitch Trubisky land for mm -hmm. the past couple of weeks. Good that place sounds like to fun. be. Why like is... Fun. No one's surprised that the Cubs, the young Cubs, the very young Cubs, are experiencing some hiccups in their, their winning. And no one, I just look back at the Hawks the year after they won it. And yes, they had the Stanley Cup hangover. Yes, they partied to no end. But they were a young team. They had a lot of turnover. I know this team is a young team, not a lot of turnover. But 
why is no one surprised that they're, they're learning to, to win again and having to define themselves again being so young? Uh, I think that, see, the Hawks had to divest pl good players, yeah. Dustin Bufflin and Lamb. a lot of good players. Immediately, right the after The Cubs have everybody back. But not yeah. some of the glue guys, but not yeah. Rossi and not Fowler. And yeah. I think we, yeah. a lot of us were guilty of uh, underestimating that. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Might be legit. Well, the good news here is that uh, this morning I had to put uh, Addison Russell on waivers in the Grand Slam Fantasy Baseball League. <laughs> so I have freed <laughs> him. More. I have freed him from his offensive prison, like and he can now break it. Right now, right, he's <laughs> in the lineup tonight. That means he's going to go me. three for Mark four. Mark it right now. He's going to go three for four, two home runs, five ribs. All right, to the Bulls meeting of the minds. We Garpax <laughs> and their best player happened yesterday. Jimmy Bucket sat down with the team's management team known as Garpax and discussed the future. Sun-Times and Tribune quoted sources saying the meeting was positive. With the Sun-Times reporting, Jimmy came away feeling appreciated and more importantly knows he is not being shopped on the trade market. Is it a mistake if they keep Butler instead of dealing him and hitting the reset button? Cap, I have always been in favor of keeping him um, unless you can get two massive pieces for him. To me, you don't trade him even for the number one pick, who you would then hope to turn into somebody, hope turns into a player as good as Jimmy Butler. I think he's in his prime. He's two ways. He's a good leader. He's everything you want to build around. I just want to know, want to know what the definition of blown away is. If do you have to give him like three first round picks over three consecutive years, what's going is it to really? Two or is it three? Do you think it's, it's, think it's a tough play, play in KD? Yeah. <laughs> well, then, yeah, yes. Well, then how, how are Boston going to get, get those guys together? Now? They have to acquire them and then move them in the I mean, field. what do you think, in theory, it would take for Boston to pry Jimmy loose? The number one overall pick, the Brooklyn pick for next year that they own, and a player. Right. Is it the rumor they're going to go after Gordon Hayward out, out of Utah? Could mm -hmm. they just enhance their team that way with his eight times? And also, I think Boston, they could bring they're, just both. Wait, they're just yeah. waiting for LeBron to retire. I mean, I think they're just kind of kicking it down a number of right. years. Let's let's keep the pick so we're really good in three, four, five years when maybe LeBron will stop dominating. Right, and then they can take over the natural succession of yeah. the NBA. But if you bring back Wade, I mean, I can't believe he opts out, right. and bring back Jimmy, and bring back Rondo, Rondo aren't you really just kind of well, yeah, whizzing in the wind? Well, yeah. They're, they're kicking the, in they're the, kicking the can yeah. down the road, like you're saying. Same deal. I it's mean, true. basically, for at least another but year. But we don't want to really right. suck, but we know we can't win. Here's right. my problem. Here's why I also don't want to trade Jimmy, because if you want to have a rebuild, who else are you going to trade? Who else has value? You're going get, to get a second rounder for Nico, and then what? You don't have the pieces right. to rebuild with. They're in such a right? tough spot. Right you now. don't. <laughs> you don't. The big thing would be if Dwayne Wade opted out would be a huge break for them. In terms of having money to spend. Correct. Right. Which they will definitely have next offseason. Correct. After they tread water and win another 39, 40, 41 games. This Correct. Yeah. All right. To the NBA Finals. If the Warriors win the next two games in Cleveland, they will become the first team in NBA history to sweep the entire playoffs. That's something Michael Jordan's Bulls didn't even accomplish. And since we like comparing teams from different eras, ESPN has several Vegas sports books. Who would win a game? The 72 win Bulls or this year's Warriors? Westgate said this season's Warriors would be anywhere from a three to eight point favorite. So my fellow Chicago meatballs, <laughs> who wins in a best of seven series? Go to CSNChicago.com slash vote. I had this debate with Jordan Cornette today, and I've listened to you name the national pundit weighing in. I think people forget just how good that 95-96 Bulls team was. Yeah. This is a great Golden State team. 
But to think that they are going to be a 7-8 point favorite over a 72-win Bulls team that there was hand-checking, there was physical play. I was going to say, that, that, that's, that's sadly misguided in my world. Steve Kerr was on that team, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd have to coach against himself. That would be a Correct. very be a interesting tough. dynamic. But, yep. yeah, I mean, the Bulls, uh, superior defensively, although Draymond and Clay are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, look, if you have to make that comparison, yeah, you look at regular season record and compare it, and then you look at postseason record and compare it. And if Golden State doesn't lose a game, it, it's hard to fight them. It's hard to fight the people advocating for that team. They're just so tough to defend. Yes, the Cavs have, like, the Michael Jordan of, of this year. They got LeBron James. But there are so many options for the Golden State Warriors to attack you. With. You got the two shooters, the Splash Brothers, KD, who has been There's the starting fives right there. It's I get it, but there's so many pick-your-poison situations for, for the Warriors. And, yes, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges in, in, in different eras and – but if you're just going five for five, I almost say the this is hard for me to say. The Warriors might actually have an edge in terms of athleticism. The only good news is it's They're, not it's apples and oranges at center. They're it, like the same right. player. Luke right. Longley and yeah. up uh, The Warriors have an advantage in perimeter shooting. Yes. Because they got but now I don't know about it in yeah. athleticism. Well, the, Michael, Scotty, those are pretty damn elite I mean, athletes. It's a seven footer and shooting three hey. pointers. There are better shooting. I believe the Bulls also, and we just saw it up there in the graphic, they also have one of the best defenders of all time in Dennis Rodman as well. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jordan or Pip. You went Rodman. Yeah, but if well, he, three was, elite he was a great defender and rebounder, on? and then Pippen was even better than he was. I'd you, like to see Rodman on Durant. Right? right. Then it takes him out of the like, paint right. where he gets all the, the rebounds. Was Harper was good, too. Ron Harper could play defense. Yes. Somebody today who said, well, Durant would – Scotty couldn't handle Durant. Look, I, Durant's a great player. He's going to get his points. Any great player will. Scotty would be a really tough matchup for him. Yes, That absolutely. would not be a cakewalk. I think it's no. both ways, though. I think Durant would be a very, very tough matchup for, for Scotty. No well, question. So are you saying it's silly to have this debate, or you're saying the Bulls would beat him? I think it's a meatball-based based debate. I think it would be a wildly competitive series. Yes. Just tell me that I think the Westgate had Golden State on a neutral court, a six-and-a-half-point favorite is a joke. Mm. I'm, I don't bet against Michael Jordan ever. I was going to say, I'm, I'm still going to take the team that has the best player that's ever played the game, and that's Jordan. Except Agreed. when he played for the Wizards. You could bet against them then. Right, then. That's a good in point. his prime. <laughs> We're talking in their prime. All right, Bear, oh. Bears OTAs continue. Mitchell Trubisky already a seasoned pro when it comes to cliches. Meanwhile, could he be throwing yet another free agent wide receiver this season? We'll debate all of that later. Coming up next, another race in Dover. Another win for J.J. Jimmy Johnson. He's got 83 in his career, six most all time. Is he underappreciated in NASCAR? Scott Paddock, our guy from Chicago Land Speedway, the Prez, drives by next on STL. CSN Sports Talk Live podcast brings you the freshest takes and boldest insights on the hottest topics of the day. David Kaplan leads the conversation with a rotating panel of writers, reporters, and personalities. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe at csnchicago.com slash podcasts today. Sometimes NASCAR fans like to be up close to the action. This guy wanted to be over top of it, literally. 43-year-old John Infante arrested at Dover on Sunday after climbing the catch fence and just sitting there late in the race. Race did not stop while security coaxed him to come down. He was charged with trespassing, and of course, he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Chicago Land Speedway President Scott Paddock, our guy, is here with us. There has to be better seats and more comfortable seats than that. 
Well, this is a sport that uniquely differentiates itself because of the access it provides to fans, getting them inside the ropes and under the tent. But this gentleman took it a little too far, and that, that was a scary moment. I mean, he was on the top of that catch fence. And uh, it's a reminder for everyone in our business, you know, you want to give the fans access, but you also want to make sure it's a safe environment to, for them as well. So I'm not sure what motivated him to make that climb, but uh, that was a pretty scary moment there. Let's talk about Jimmy Johnson's weekend. His mastery continues. You know, what's amazing, he started again at the end of the race because of a, a rear-end axle issue, uh, rear-end gear issue, and, you know, to work his way through traffic and get back to the front was truly remarkable. Ty Dillon had the lead, and then the caution came out, and there was a final restart, and Jimmy Johnson just proved his mastery. This was all about a seasoned veteran knowing how to get the restart whereas Ty Dillon and others spun the tires because they don't have that experience at the restart line. Here you see this, this is overtime, and uh, in overtime, when you have an overtime situation, there's a, now a, a mark on the backstretch of the track, and if the lead car passes that lap on the backstretch of the track before the caution comes out, the race is official, and Johnson had just crossed that line before the caution came out. Milestone win? If, yeah, he tied uh, Kale, Urbo, Kale Yarborough now for uh, sixth all-time. I think it's his 83rd Cup win, 11th at... Uh, Pretty insane. Un unbelievable. So he's, he's I think, uh, he's in that Mount Rushmore of racing. Yeah, I had him on his helmet. Uh, here's my question. We talk about the most dominant, greatest athletes, you know, of this period. LeBron James and Tom Brady and Sidney Crosby. Jimmy Johnson has to be right there with any of them. He has to be. If the barometer is championships one cap, then he's certainly got to be part of that conversation and showing no sign of slowing down either. Clearly, he's tied Earnhardt and he's tied Petty, and what's in his sights is I think he wants to go down as garnering the most championships in the history of the sport. Okay, so he's got all these championships. He's a good guy by all accounts. I've met him and interviewed him. Seems like a really good dude to deal with. Is he underappreciated? When you really you think of Jeff Gordon, huge name, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Earnhardt Sr., Richard Petty, you don't think of Jimmy Johnson in that lofty a term to the casual fan. I do think he's underappreciated. I think he's made it seem so easy winning these championships that people have kind of taken him for granted, and the expectation is just that you know he's going to continue to dominate. I think part of the challenge, too, is you know Gordon had Earnhardt, so you had these great rivalries, and I, I don't know that there's a – key rival out there right now from for Jimmy Johnson because he's been so dominant the last 10 years. All right, we're going to have some history when Bubba Wallace Jr. takes the green flag Sunday at Pocono. Be the first African-American to drive in a Cup Series race in 11 years. Really remarkable. Great young driver. Uh, came up through the NASCAR Next program, which is young drivers, and, and the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program, which provides opportunities for diverse drivers and, um, you know, women, African-Americans, Hispanics to get more diversity in the sport. So he's a, a great example of the success of that program. He's having his fourth in the points right now in the Xfinity Series. So he, he's really got potential. He's in good equipment with a good team, and he's going to replace now Eric Almarillo, who got hurt a couple of weeks ago in Kansas in that accident with Danica. And, um, and so we'll see what kind of success he has. But I think he's the real deal, 24, 25 years old. Uh, just a great representative of the sport, and uh, he's going to be good to follow. All right, before we make our picks, 
you will be at the Illinois Special Olympics Games coming up. Summer Games this weekend. What a great organization CAP provides uh, opportunities to participate in sports, build character, build confidence for intellectually disabled individuals, and I'm very proud to be part of that organization. Their Summer Games are down in Bloomington at, the, at Illinois State University. So I'm going down with the family. We're going to volunteer and help out and uh, see some great uh, athletes compete. As the father of a special needs son, I think it's a really cool thing you're doing. Great, thank Pretty you. Pretty amazing. Proud All right, let's make our picks. You get to go first. Did somebody stuck me with like Aristotle or Socrates last week because I was on vacation? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin, and here's why. Pocono is a flat track, and so fuel mileage comes into play. And unlike other tracks, if you do have fuel mileage issues where you can kind of coast in because of the bankings, you can get stuck out on Pocono. Denny Hamlin is a flat track racer from his early days racing short tracks, and he's had a good record of success at Pocono. So I'm going to go with Hamlin. I'm going with Kyle Larson. He's run very well there. Last year had some fuel issues but was running exceptionally well. I think he wins the race. Well, you better hope so because you're playing catch-up. Yeah, I am because you guys cheated me. Congrats to James Boris from Wheaton, Illinois. You won two tickets to the Tales of the Turtles 400 this September. Remember, you can join in our weekly back at it right now. CSNChicago.com slash Speedway. Your chance with two tickets to the kickoff race in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs with one grand prize winner, a trip for two to Vegas to the win for the NASCAR Awards Ceremony. Enter CSNChicago.com slash Speedway. And as always, get your tickets right now for every race at Chicagoland Speedway this September. Go to ChicagolandSpeedway.com. It's sports, it's social, it's viral. It's Luke Stuckmeyer and Layla Rahimi, and it's the Next Generation Sports Show. In the Loop, every night at 6.30, 10, and 10.30 on CSN Chicago. And as soon as the show ends, turn to Facebook Live for the after show. Mitch, how have you grown even in the two or three weeks that you've been out there? How, how are things different? Uh, just getting better every day. Um, I, I've seen growth from day one to now. It's really been a, a huge, huge turnover, just... Um, coming out here, you feel like every day is the first day of practice, but now we're at, what, day eight, and I really feel like we're going back through the offense. Some of it's review, and I'm just going out there, and it's more I'm, I'm playing. I don't have to think as much. So uh, just keep doing that, keep getting better, and keep grinding. It's going to be a lot of fun. Love the cliches. Uh, we were just arguing <laughs> off the air. I still love the fact that my general manager looked up and said, that's the guy I got to get, and he had the strength of his convictions to do it. Instead of going, a little nervous with Teddy Greenstein or Adam Johns oh, yeah. or Brad Biggs yeah, might right. That's what he should be. Thinking. I'm gonna go get the guy that I believe to be yeah. the best. And because he did it. because the Bears have such a great roster, they're really <laughs> just fine tuning at this point. You know, you can right. give up third round picks, fourth round picks. They don't really need to work the whole roster. Hold on I a mean, they're, they're so Teddy, close to being a he great. He didn't team. move up to get a kicker. He moved up to get a damn quarterback that we haven't had in this town in how long? Forty years. A damn quarterback who had a second round grade for most players. For, for most analysts, who I watched the bowl game, he looked really bad and has a very small track record. Now, that's cool that you think, oh, he had the conviction to do it. But if it's the wrong decision, are you still impressed with the bravado there? Yes. Really? Even yes. if it's the wrong then decision? Then he will get fired. If wow. this decision blows Dude, up, he will get fired. Have, have the Patriots and built, he knows have the Patriots built their organization by trading up or trading down? Training down. They haven't far. had to. They've had the greatest quarterback in the history of the sport. How'd they get what him? About they the took in the sixth round. How'd they get team? him? How did they get those players? Right. They're just they're just handed to them, or do they draft them? John Gruden had a. Did you read the article by John Gruden? He said he sat in a room in his last draft or next to last draft in Tampa. Right. He said I watched film and I worked a guy out, and I went, I got to take this guy. And he goes, the day of the draft, I went, I don't need a quarterback, and I'm not going to do it. He goes, 
and it cost me my career. I've never coached since. He goes, because I left Aaron Rodgers sitting on the board when in my heart, I believe he was the best player in the draft. Uh, where, where did Aaron Rodgers get picked in the draft? In the first round. Oh, but what number? Like late 20, 20s or something? Yep. Two or three. Yeah, that's, pro- that's where Mitch Trubisky probably should have gotten picked in the draft. But but you like a reach to number three? I'm sorry, to number two? two? You to number two. two. Hold on a second. He moved one spot. You think when it's you a reach. Oh, I think it's a, a horrendous reach. Correct. Right. But the guy who gets paid millions of dollars to make value decisions on the football team right. doesn't think it's oh, a reach. Oh, so every NFL GM is very smart and it makes the right decisions all the time. They nobody makes they every right decision. They all make right a lot decision. of money. Does making a lot of money mean you're good at your job? Guess what? He's got that position, so I'm going to ride or die with Ryan Pace. Do you feel that way about all the GMs in this town? He, he's the GM, so he must know what he's doing. What choice do you have? So rip it. That's what you do for a living. Criticize it. I, uh, I'm the most critical guy in right? town. Not about this. I love this decision. <laughs> the third and fourth round draft picks help you build a franchise. First of all, they got the fourth back in they, another they deal. They got the value back. So they gave up picks. two third round picks. Whoop-de-frickin-doo. Oh, I know. Do. Lance Briggs. Yeah. Whoop-de-doo. He didn't help Evan you win Pilgrim. at all. Oh, I mean, <laughs> well, if you know what you're doing drafting-wise, you get more Lance Brandon Briggs Harden. than Evan Pilgrims. Yeah. Guess what? If I if they that just fixed such a reach. Terrible if he, decision. If he fixed the you better hope he doesn't become a pro bowler, I will haunt you to the day. <laughs> Bring it on, buddy. If he just found his franchise quarterback, yeah. who gives a flying rip what he gave up? By the way, no quarterback on this Bears. You, you could take Tom Brady, you could take Aaron Rodgers and put him on the Bears. Nobody's gonna be good this coming year. That's how bad the roster is, especially. The I offense. don't disagree with you. So so Glennon's gonna go out there, he has no chance to succeed. Then the fans are going to be calling for Trubisky. He has really no He's chance not to succeed. Play this year. And they're going to win, what, three games? And that's that, that. And then you're going to give him GM of the year, right? No, because he'll go out and he'll have a chance to either draft an impact player oh, with okay. the third pick in the draft or whatever maybe they, they get. Maybe they get more Division two. Or guys, maybe they sure. – Maybe some NAIA guys. The, well, hold on a second. That draft was terrible. That was a bad draft. He, he spent thousands of man hours with his staff evaluating the guys he wanted to take. Okay. Yeah. You don't know who the hell Adam Shaheen is. So when the Bulls spend a thousand hours and and make a poor draft pick, Mm -hmm. do you then say, "Hey, it's guard packs. These guys know what they're doing." And who am I to question? My job is to evaluate what he did in the draft, and if it doesn't work out, I will criticize said GM. Record this. Let's hear you criticize them in a couple years. Thanks for listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Remember to watch the show weekdays on CSN and visit CSNChicago.com for previous episodes of the podcast and all the latest sports news and highlights.